Hello, friends. This is wonderful. I'm trying to tell myself that. <laughs> God is good, and um, I truly do believe that He is in, in our midst, that He's moving with us. And Father, we just want to focus our attention on you because you are the reason why we are even here tonight, Lord. We're not here just to have another meeting, but Lord, we're here to have an encounter with you. You are our almighty God, our almighty King. (laughs) You are the Father, our Father who is in heaven. And we say, hallowed be your name. You're our best friend. You're the one that sticks closer than a brother, that loves more deeply than a mother would. You are the lover of our soul. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here in our midst. I thank you for the worship part that we were able to just sing and declare that there is no other like you, O God. And Father, we just want to still our hearts. And Lord, may the things of this world just grow faint and dim as we just keep our gaze and our eyes upon you. Father, I just pray for every heart here today. Father God, I just pray for a softening of hearts. I pray for understanding, Lord God, of Holy Spirit when you move, that we would know it's you, Lord. And I just pray that you would just kiss each and every one of us, everyone that hears us, that they would just feel your presence. As the, as the author of Song of Songs says, kiss me with the kisses of your mouth. It's that deep intimacy that Jesus wants to share with us tonight, tomorrow, at lunchtime, at supper time. 24-7, not only just like this. So, Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for your amazing love. And, Father, I just pray that the words that I speak, Lord, the ones that are not of you, that they would fall to the ground and produce no fruit. But, Holy Spirit, I just pray that the words that you would bring to utterance, Lord, would bring forth fruit. And we praise it. In your beautiful and precious and powerful name in the church says, amen. God is good. And every time, I'm sorry, I'm a little clumsy with this. When we worship, I always think, oh my goodness, what? This is like a little smattering. It's a tiny little slice of what heaven is going to be like. Heaven is going to be raucous. Heaven is going to be full of resounding praise. Heaven is going to be marvelous. And if you want to turn with me to the book of Revelation, it's a fabulous book. Worship in Heaven is chapter 4. I love it when we can just speak God's word together. Amen? So if you want to turn to your little PDA, your phony Bible, or if you've got your real Bible. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Let's say this together. The one who always was, who is, and is still to come. Amen? People, I need some response. Honestly, being so far from each other is not very easy for me. 
I have a huge bubble. <laughs> Come a little closer. <laughs> holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty the one who always was, who is, and is still to come. We have a hope that our King is coming back for us, right? You are worthy, in verse 11, you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. You and I are here today because God delighted in creating you. And then in chapter 5 and verse 8, this is the part that I just really felt impressed to share a bit on tonight, is on the power of prayer and praise. Verse 8 says, And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they held gold bowls filled with incense which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with all these words, you are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy to take the scroll. And when I read this, I just felt, oh God, every prayer that we pray is not in vain. God hears our prayers and the prayers of the saints fill this bowl in heaven. I don't know about you, but that excites me. You know, sometimes we, we, we pray and we pray and we think, oh my goodness, did that even go past the ceiling? But scripture tells me that when we pray in Jesus' name, those prayers are just being filled into the bowls that the elders and the angels are holding. Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne, to the Lamb forever and ever. And in verse 8, it says that each one had a harp, and they held gold bowls. Each one had a harp. And when we talk about each one had a harp, each one had worship. When we come together, worship is very, very powerful, not only in this togetherness of being a part of a congregation, but also when we are in our closet, when we have our own time at home, when we pray and worship, it is super, super powerful. And then my mind went straight back into the Old Testament in Exodus 30, if you want to turn there with me, where Aaron, the high priest, every single day, this man had to go into the tabernacle, and each evening he lights the lamps, he must again burn incense in the Lord's presence, and this must be done from generation to generation. So he lit the lamps, and he burnt incense every single day. He did that in the morning, he did that in the evening, and when we read about incense, and I'm here to be corrected, it, sim it symbolizes the prayer. It's that sweet, pleasing fragrance, it's that sweet aroma that reaches the nostrils of God. And so we see that incense, if we look at Psalm 141, is may my prayer be set before you like incense, and may the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. You know, when we worship, when we lift our hands, it's not just part of a ritual, but it's actually worship. And if I might just invite you, if you've never raised your hands in worship, it's actually just a form of, Lord, I submit 
my whole entire being to you. I raise my hands in exaltation because you are worthy. You are worthy of praise. You know, when we worship, we join the angels in heaven. We do not ever just worship alone. Isn't that exciting? That we are worshiping with millions of voices, worshiping, saying, holy, holy, holy. In the tabernacle, all the furniture that was used was made of acacia wood. And I started to think, why acacia wood? Well, it's a tree that was very common in the desert. It's thorny. It's gnarly. The branches kind of do their own thing. They're a beautiful tree. They have this lovely flat top, little tiny leaves. But the wood is very, very hard. The wood is very resistant. And in fact, bugs can't even permeate it because, oh, anyway, you can Google it. It's, but it's super, super interesting. But, but it was a very hardy tree. But over that wooden bowl, it was covered with gold. So it wasn't just an ordinary wooden bowl, but it was covered with gold. And in that incense on the, on the table, it was burnt on this gold-covered furniture, just like you and I. We could be hardened, we could be thorny, maybe even slightly gnarly. And before we knew Jesus, out in the desert, out in the wilderness, doing our own thing. But because of Jesus' love and because of his grace, he covers us. When God looks at us, he doesn't see gnarly Deborah. He sees me covered with the blood of Jesus. Because of who he is and because of what he has done for me and what he has done for you, we are covered in priestly robes. We are covered in that beautiful gold that can come only from our King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so when we worship, you know, God doesn't just look at the old little wooden bowl, but he sees a spectacular human being made to worship him. Right from the beginning of time, God created man to have communion with him. And if there's anything in my heart is that we don't just have worship when we gather together as a church family, but it is day and night, night and day, just as that incense was burning and that fragrance rose into the throne room of God, that our praises, may your praise be forever on my lips, the psalmist says, forever be on my lips. Psalm 34, verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. I know when I have not spent time with the Lord in the morning. When I wake up, can, Michael can testify. When I wake up and I rush out the house and I have not had that special time of just raising my hands and worshiping the King of Kings, I know what comes out of my mouth. Little things can irritate me. Little things can make me say things that I have to regret and apologize for afterwards. It's so important that it's not only just in times like this, but when we wake up in the morning, we give praise and adoration to our God and to our King. And the same thing in the evening. You guys are so quiet. 
at 1 Corinthians 6.19, if you would like to turn there with me. See, I love to read. I love to read the Bible. I love to read his word. So um, I'll take a little bit of time just to 1 Corinthians. Uh-huh. I've even got a little thingy here. But anyway, it talks about, Scripture tells us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I know in this context, if you go to verse um, 18, it says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality, immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who love, lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your own body. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. What a privilege. Uh, I mean, that just makes me really realize whatever I put in my mouth, what comes out of my mouth, that I be glorifying God. Praise and prayer go in hand in hand. Very, very powerful. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that it, the enemies, the Assyrians, wherever they might be, always try to destroy the temple. And even kings that weren't consecrated to God would buy up, bar up the doors and start worshiping foreign idols. Likewise, the enemy has not changed his tactics. These tactics are still rampant in the church today. If an intruder comes to your house, if an intruder came to my house and tried to break a window and try to get into my house and try to take something, what am I going to do or what would you do? We would, we would call 911, right? But when, when the enemy comes in and then intrudes on this temple, what do we do? We, most, most of the time, we just roll over and say, fine, if that's, what, if that's how it is, that is it, right? So likewise, the enemy goes about causing havoc in our lives. In John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. We are to call upon the Lord for wisdom. Can you recognize when you have been stolen from or you've been destroyed in your life? And I'll give you some examples because this is what the enemy has used in my life. For instance, my identity in Christ, when you battle with condemnation, that is an attack on your temple, okay? Your joy, when your joy has been robbed or destroyed, that is a tactic of the enemy because we all know that when, if he can just get in under our skin and if he can attack us in our joy department, that is where our strength comes in, then we just roll over and sometimes can be depressed for forever. Or your peace, when the enemy comes in like a flood and fills you with fear, anxiety. This is not what God has intended for us. And that is where we're going to say, to hell with you, devil. It's as clear as that. Take back, 
that what God has won for you. Because Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it to the abundance. That means overflowing, flowing over. And so if there's any of those areas in your life that you recognize, you go, you know what, I am not exactly experiencing the fullness of God. I truly believe that Holy Spirit wants to just come and just deluge upon you. When we worship with singing and praise and thanksgiving, I truly believe that is when our hearts swell. It's when we just don't feel like it. How many, let's be honest, if there's a home group or a connect or even coming to a church service, you just have zero energy, you really don't feel like going, you just think, what the heck do I really have to? And so you know that this is a good thing, you go along anyway, and you come back fully blessed. Amen? Because God, the enemy will do anything to keep you from actually living a fulfilled and freed up life. Amen? So often when the enemy comes in and he stops us from doing the things that we believe that God has for us, let's come in the opposite spirit and let us go go ahead and worship. Personally, I have found Ephesians 5 verse 20 Ah, Corinthians. Always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when we have a thankful heart, like even when the worst possible thing happens, there's always a glimmer. There's always that little silver lining. There's always something that we can be thankful for. Amen? Um, today is the 25th. On the 27th of, on Monday, I will be celebrating nine years post-transplant, which is huge, okay? It is huge, like, to think that I should have, I shouldn't be here. So the, these are bonus years for me, and I go like, whoop, whoop. I, I like to celebrate. I, I honestly do, because it is living the bonus years. In fact, it was, like, three times, because... Uh, a parasite got attacked my liver, and so I had to have a transplant. So that was the first one that I had on the 27th of July. And then my body rejected and went, well, I was basically dying. And through a miracle, a miracle, on August the 17th, they found another liver came available, which is almost unheard of specifically because of my blood type and the size. It's not you can just, livers are on the shelf for anybody. And the complications, the things that everything that could go wrong went wrong. But God, but the saints that prayed. People prayed around the world. People came together and prayed. I know that God hears and God answers, and God delivers. Amen? God is a good God. If you are not seeing, if you're praying for something, and you go, oh my goodness, Lord, do you even hear my prayers? Know that in God's time, He makes all things beautiful. All things are beautiful, but our prayers are not prayers in vain. So we give thanks to Jesus. And I remember lying in that bed, hardly being able to move and having machines 
work my legs, work my arms. I couldn't even brush my own teeth. Had stinky breath for a long time, not kidding. But just lying there. But you know what? You can still give thanks. Thank you, God. I live in a first world country where this was even possible. Thank you, God, that I've got doctors and nurses, people looking after me. Thank you, Lord, for people that are praying incessantly for me. Thank you for family that haven't given up on me. And you know, when we start to pray and we start to give thanks and we start to rejoice, it's almost like we put on our love glasses and we start to see things through those lenses of thankfulness and gratitude, how God changes the perspective. So if I may encourage you, let us be people that pray. Let us be people that are thankful. May we encourage one another to do so. Because you know what? We're not always whoop, whoop. Sometimes we're a little low, low. But that is why we come together. We come together so that we can help each other, come again around each other, and we pray for each other. Because when the enemy is trying to invade you, you've got brothers and sisters that want to say, ha uh not happening, not happening. May we not, because the enemy will just want to come and destroy and divide. But we come together and we worship. We pray without ceasing. Paul says, pray without ceasing. And then finally, finally, Ephesians 3.20. I think we all know this. Do we all know this verse? Now glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than what we may ask or think. Glory to him in the church and to Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever and ever. Amen. When we pray, God is faithful, God hears, God restores, God heals, He provides, He supplies. There is not a thing that we cannot ask our Father. Scripture tells us to come boldly, come boldly, do not be hesitant. We ask for forgiveness, we repent. And you know what? Repentance is such a horrible word. We always seem to shy away. It's like repentance and submission. You know, and both of those words are beautiful words. Repentance is just changing the way I was thinking. Lord, I'm so sorry. And I submit because you know what? You know what? Lord, you know way more than me. And he always has a better plan. No matter what it is that I can plan for my life, God's plan is a hundred times better. It's inf infinitely more than what we could ever dream or imagine. And so I just thought it would be really cool, like be wonderful for us just to break bread, share communion together. And Honestly, there were a couple of things that I mentioned. If you are feeling, I just would like to have prayer. I want someone to come around me. I'm, I've been struggling with depression, Deborah, or I've been struggling with anxiety. You know, there's some crazy doo-doo going on in this world today. Crazy stuff that is happening. But you know, God is not surprised. Nothing takes him by surprise. When we pray and we ask God for wisdom, he grants us wisdom and he gives us a path 
right? We plan, but he directs our path, but we've got to submit ourselves to him because he knows what's best for each and every one of us. So as we partake of these elements, we do this together. And Lord, I just thank you for what you've done for us. Can we do that way, make a song? Can we do that one? Um, I thank you for what you did on the cross for us, Lord God. Father, I thank you that as we partake of these elements, your body that was broken for us, your blood, Lord Jesus, that just washes us clean, that you strengthen us. Father, I speak peace to minds. We speak joy to hearts, Lord God. May your peace and your joy and your comfort and your strength flow afresh, Lord Jesus. Where healing is needed, Father God, I thank you that your arm is not short, that you are Jehovah Rapha, you are the God that heals us. You are the Jehovah Shalom, you are the God, my peace. You are the Jehovah Sidkenu, you are my righteousness, Lord God. And Father, I thank you that you prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Do you want to lead us? Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your body, Lord God. Father, we thank you for your body that was broken for our sin. And Lord God, as we partake, we speak strength. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just um, before we worship for a while, just thinking of um, us coming to Canada. I took Deborah on a mission trip to northern Malaysia, and she picked up this um, parasite, and we didn't know about it for about ten years. time we felt God call us to come and plant a church in Canada and um, one of the amazing things about that is that if we had stayed in, in South Africa Deborah would not be alive today because the medical we had would not have covered these transplants and even as those early years were pretty difficult for us we just thank God and thank God. We never know. Not only did he supply one transplant, but a second one. And he continues to provide through this amazing government that we have that provides her, her 
different medication for her. And we just don't know what is around the corner. I'm saying God could have done anything else, but honestly, we are so grateful for this amazing nation. We just want to see God move in power in this place, but thankful that we walked out what God called us to do. If we could stand and uh, just lift our eyes and above our circumstances, open our hands, open our hearts, and leave, give these things to God because He truly is a miracle worker.